could go back in time and take away those hours of pain and darkness and replace them with something better. Last week, Jim struggled through three sessions to complete Grease for our season premiere. That's not just a struggle. It is beyond horrible. So obviously this week I put him through a war of attrition with a bizarre film he hadn't seen. This is the Pool Scene Podcast. I'm Kevin, joined by Jim. Hey, now it is done and I got that song that's my favorite song i we're starting out of the gates here in this season with uh some movies you hadn't seen and i kind of like it because it's it's a neat thing to do well how much crap do we get when we post a new episode and they go wait a minute jim's never seen this like how is he seen plan 84.5 from outer space mars but has never seen donnie darko yeah you've got some uh some weird holes yeah interesting we have weird holes yeah i do he said it this week we take it back to 2001 for Donnie Darko, written and directed by Richard Kelly. When this movie came out, people were blown away by what Richard Kelly accomplished in his first feature-length film. But then he went on to direct Southland Tales and The Box. And then people said, oh, oops. So <laughs> I did it again. Donnie Darko was the outlier where he appeared to capture lightning in a bottle rather than like the first of a great film career. He just fell apart a little bit. Not much crazy backstory to this one. Richard Kelly graduated film school and started writing scripts. There's a lot of autobiographical stuff snuck into Donnie Darko. He kind of wrote it from his own experience with apparently time travel. And, and so he traveled through time. He did. He, maybe he, he's he, the doctor. There you go. His goal was to make something ambitious where the nostalgia of the 1980s met a coming of age science fiction movie, because that's pretty straightforward. Nostalgic 1980s coming of age science fiction time travel movie. I never saw that section at Blockbuster ever. It that, would have one or two movies. And in that it. movie is Back to the Future. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, it is. It's a 19 a nostalgic 1980s coming of age. Which is still movie. going strong in our battle time tourney on the pool sceners group. The listeners tournament continues, folks. Jump on over there and vote. Richard Kelly was insistent upon setting the film in 1988, specifically. The cool thing that resulted from that setting was that it ended up with a great soundtrack of Tears for Fears, Duran Duran. Oh, so good. Gary Jewell's cover of Duran Duran's Mad World. The Duran director's cut had some of the music moved around into different scenes and features in excess never tear us apart one of the greatest songs ever written but if i can play devil's advocate sans music i at no given time watching this felt like i was in 1988 yeah i didn't get only time i got 88 vibes is when they were mentioning dukakis and that's it but i want to be a president of the united states who makes sure that we never again do business with a drug running panamanian dictator that we never again funnel aid to the countries who convicted drug dealers Panama is a friendly country. 
I went down there and talked to the president of Panama about cleaning up their money laundering. Mr. Noriega was there, but there was no evidence at that time. And when the evidence was there, we indicted him. Yeah, and that's in the first 30 seconds that's of the movie. It. But, like, I, his it's hairstyle, they wear uniforms at school, so they don't, like, beat you over the head with the 1988 stuff, yeah. other than the soundtrack. I kind of wish they did, though. Another fun soundtrack fact is that the song, Proud to be Loud, is performed by the Dead Green Mummies. Except there is no such band called the Dead Green Mummies. The song was actually performed by Pantera, but they disowned their first four albums, so they did not want to be credited with the song for the soundtrack. So unfortunately, it's unclear to me as to whether Pantera came up with the name Dead Green Mummies, or it was like, use the song, we don't give a shit. So Call us fil- whatever you want. Filmmakers are like... Winona's Big Brown Beaver, yeah, dead, part two. Dead Green Mummies. Uh, I want to keep this brief because we have physics and time travel, we have graphs all kinds of stuff to get into so jim donnie darko is an independently produced film that was scarcely advertised it did gain a tremendous cult following but how did it perform upon original release please give us budget box office news and number one at time of release from wuab channel 43 where the news comes first this is the 10 o'clock news Donald Darko Sr. came out October the 26th, 2001 to a four and a half million dollar budget, made seven and a half million dollars at the box office. I totally get it. If I went into this not knowing what the hell was going on, I'd see it once and go, I'm going to wait till it comes out on video Yeah, because I really need to pay attention. I have not done a second viewing of this movie. I think I need to, to grasp it more, but I will go into it later. I think I have a general idea. However, if I didn't want to go back and see Donnie Darko at the time, I ran to get new DVDs at Circuit City. Check out the Circuit City near you today. Now here's a problem. Scarce releases, and I'll get into this more in the news, coming right out of 9-11. We are fresh, straight out of 9-11. So the limited releases are pretty bleak. Angel Eyes with Jennifer Lopez. Never seen it. No. Probably never will. No. Final Fantasy's The Spirit Within. That's the CG movie. I think I might have seen that one. And then the movie that probably a lot of people regret ever seeing, Freddy Got Fingered, which is a weird Tom Green vehicle that really didn't ever need to happen. Stick with Road Trip. You're better off with that. Freddy Got Fingered is is just a bizarre. It's if you, weird. If you showed like a 16-year-old now that movie without context, they would be like, what the hell? What is this? It's like, weird. Do a double feature. Do Freddy Got Fingered. Dude's work. Ugh. Dude, where's my car? Dude, yeah. yeah. Once again, I got wing throat. I think it's tri- it's traveled <laughs> over permanent. permanent wing throat. But yeah, Freddy Got Fingered. Dude, where's my car? Do that as a two feature. A 16-year-old nowadays will be like, how did you guys survive the early 2000s? But we did because like i said before we are in the aftermath of 9-11 we had so much stuff going on in this country we had the creation of the department of homeland security we had the anthrax attacks which boom boom that got really really scary and of course the patriot act was signed into law which was basically throwing out all of our civil liberties whenever somebody wants to and it still hangs over our head like the sword of damocles to this very single day however good news very little good Good news yeah, did happen. First, before before you get into the good news, so we're we did not do this on purpose, but we did Space Camp. We did, which Space Camp is a movie that was released following 
Flying Challenger, a movie about shuttles released after a shuttle crash. Yep. Donnie Darko has an airplane breaking apart right around 9-11. It's another coincidence. Yeah. It just, this is how it fell on this, it's so, this episode. It's so weird. It's so weird that, uh, I mean, just like the, the kismet of, uh, yeah. we're going to make a movie about an airplane breaking apart, and then it's like right around, you know. 9-11. Yeah, 9-11. Hitting a house instead of a building. But, like I said, better news, because I can remember running out the Kaufmans, or as David Letterman would call it, Kaufmans, Kauf. to get the brand new thing from Apple that is going to craze the world, the iPod. And we are introducing a product today that takes us exactly there, and that product is called iPod. iMac, iBook, iPod. Yeah. The iPod debuts in this time and run out and get that eight gigabyte iPod. Load that thing up with as many MP3 and CDs as you can. How many did you have? I had third edition because you have to remember the initial one had the, the raised buttons yeah. and the click. I had the first like finger sensitive one. Okay. I had the 16 gig white. I had the 16 gig black. And then later on, I had like the 160 wow. gigabyte classic. I had uh, one of the white ones that had the, the wheel. Like, yeah. I don't remember which one. That wheel was so cool. And I didn't, time. I got that one through like osmosis like i don't remember how i even i didn't buy it new but it, like i ended up with it somehow and then i also had the first nano that had video i think it was yeah. a nano it was like the little square probably two inch by two inch one Bad. but it had a big screen on it and you could i remember having i had a wrestling match between claudio castanoli and chris hero from chikara that i had downloaded to my your ipod my ipod that i would watch and just thinking back now how ridiculous that was i remember with my iPod when I got the first video featured one I thought it would be really cool and we've mentioned him on the podcast before because we think he's an incredible actor Nathan Fillion he did this very short-lived show and I've mentioned this on the podcast I glommed on to all these short-lived shows because I thought they were going to be something and they just never happened he did a show on Fox called Drive well proof proof that you have my wife proof that she's safe Till I get some proof you have my wife, I'm not so much as starting my engine in your little race. Think this is a game? Which scenario is going to have the better outcome, do you think? One where you come out and face me? Or the one where I come find you? I think it was like eight I episodes. Don't, I don't remember it. Downloaded. I paid on <laughs> Apple Store for all eight episodes. $64. Put them all onto that iPod. And then, what was it, a week or two later, battery shot. Oh, bed. no. So I have all three of my iPods. Batteries are completely no, shot. Oh, that's, see, I hate technology for that reason. Because, yeah. like, I'm still playing an NES that was, you know, released 45 years ago, whatever yeah. it was. And then, or what, 35, whatever you, yeah. it was, still playing it. But I can't play my OG Xbox. I can't play my my, you know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, at Xbox 360, nobody's going to be able to play an Xbox 360 in 20 years. Yeah. Like it's going to be physically impossible. Anything that needs updated, anything like they're making these systems like temporary and obsolete. I see a Sega and an N64 sitting 10 feet from me. Which is also crazy about that iPod too, is even if the battery was good, good luck finding a 30 pin connector to charge yeah, that Yeah, well, right. They don't exist anymore. No, because everything's got a unique. So I'm glad we shot all these things into time capsules and into space and stuff. 
stuff I hope for so. people to find because, hey, here's an iPod. iPod. What is this thing? It doesn't do anything. It's a paperweight. That's all it is. It's, a, it's a, a paperweight from the past. Would that not have been a good episode if we were able to dig up our iPods and be able to power them and see oh. what kind of shit we put on these things? So uh, a couple quick tangents. We're just going to be a tangent episode. Whatever. One, this is a time travel episode for us because as we're recording this, you're talking about the announcement for AEW. It will have already happened. It will. By like over a week by the I time did that on purpose. Released. Two, Lars Ulrich, was he right about Napster? I, I hate to say that. Probably was. But like, you're looking back now and you're we like, burned him in Napster was the coolest thing and Lars was the biggest villain. And, and to me, this doesn't even have to do with caring one way or the other about no. Metallica, but Napster really did. It ripped them off. It messed up the whole industry. Coming out of it now, what are we, nearly 30 years ago? We were pissed because we were getting music yeah, for free. Yes. We were just ripping it. That's all we were doing. We weren't paying for it. We get pissy that, oh shit, we got to pay for this now? Yeah. What the fuck is we, this? We were mad about, about ripping artists. Yeah, you're off. taking away our free, free. But now companies like Spotify have taken advantage, and I pay for Spotify. Yeah, same I'm, here. But like Spotify takes advantage of these artists because it's like, well, we have to play your song 35,000 times for you to get a penny. You know Bullshit. what I mean? It's like, yeah. The artists are getting screwed over, and Napster was the precursor to all of that. Maybe justice for Lars Ulrich, maybe. He made I fucking told you, man, it was all good about Napster, man. It was great, Donnie Dark. Also in the news, I don't know how exciting this is, but for you computer guys out there, you probably got a huge rig. And by that rig, <laughs> I mean Windows XP becomes available for sale. <laughs> Who is excited for that Windows XP? Kevin, were you waiting in line at midnight? Oh, yeah. At your CompuServe store to get a big ass box of Windows XP? God. I hate like I, I'm not a tech person like I'm all go analog baby you know I, I don't yeah I, I just don't I don't I don't own a computer I have I want to go off the grid I have a phone I'd barely you know want to have a phone that's why I said I'd be happy if all that shit just went away yeah wouldn't that be great yeah, that'd be awesome I just use a phone again Touch. a landline phone yeah rotary even harder which you have to put in effort to call somebody because if you fuck up you gotta dial it all again and at that point you're like ah fuck it they're alive who cares <laughs> screw it who will always be alive in our hearts, Mr. George Michael. Good evening, everybody. I'm George Michael, and welcome to The Sports Machine. As we are in the midst of the steroid era, probably the end of the steroid era, Sammy Sosa gets his third straight season of 60-plus home runs. Awesome. Bonds also breaks the single-season walk record and hits his 70th 71st and 72nd home runs on the way to 73. Nobody's ever going to touch that ever again. Ironically, his hat size as well, 73. 73 and an eighth. (laughs) When he first started in Pittsburgh, it was only six and three quarters. Six and three quarters, yeah. God damn, man. We're barely seeing 50 home run seasons anymore. Has anybody seen Barry Bonds? He's not really much of a public figure. He wasn't much of a public figure when he was on the field playing. Like, he didn't want anything to do with anybody. And now, I don't know, is he a well, Sammy Sosa has become white. A white. He's Michael Jackson. He kind of. He looks like. Like Tito Puente. Really, really weird. Like he looks very strange. And then he looks like somebody covered him in like in Jackass when they used to uh, powder each other. That's what he looks like. That's what he looks like. And then uh, Barry Bonds. No idea. Barry Bonds probably looks like what he looked like in Pittsburgh. And then McGuire, last I knew, he was still like a bench coach or something. Like he was still. He still looks like Mark McGuire. I mean, slendered down a little bit because he doesn't need to juice. Also looks like a juiced version 
of uh, James Hetfield. So full circle. He does. But retrospect now, looking back on give it. Give me fuel. Give me five. Give, give me, me 45 RBI. Oh, yeah. Wait, only 45 RBI? I, in a game. Steroids. Yeah, I was going to say. But we look back on it now. Baseball at least was exciting during the steroid era. I was watching 98. Yes. I was fucking steroids. excited. Let's get crazy. Just put a put a disclaimer before the game that says some of these athletes may. We do not encourage yeah. performance enhancing drugs. Now, here you go. Baseball's got to do something. I watched a video on Brady Anderson's weird. What, he had 30 50, home runs no, at the all-star break. He had 50 yeah. in the 96 season. Yeah. And the most he ever had before that was 24. Yeah. He had like eight home runs a season. And then just one random season, he had like 31 home runs at the all-star break. Yeah. I watched that in a, a thing about Brian Giles, how even in the steroid era, his numbers were crazy, but he was just buried Former, in the minutia. Played for Cleveland. But yeah, steroid era. We miss you. Come back, please. In <laughs> baseball. Cause I can't sit and watch a baseball game to save my life. It's boring. Kevin and I will watch cricket and learn it before. Or we watch a baseball game at this rate. I'm going to start steroid hall of fame. Just sure. famous people. Uh, Michael Hearn can be there. Oh, uh, uh, Simon Leroy. Simon Leroy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the fucking great thing ever. Inside joke. Somebody who wasn't on roids is your number one movie in America starring who ended up becoming a giant piece of shit who at one time <laughs> was my favorite actor disowned his ass. Kevin Spacey and K-Pax. Yeah. K-Pax was the number one movie in America. One month after 9-11, it probably made $125 to the box office. Yeah, K-Pax. K-Pax. Yeah. He liked protists. I had that movie at one point. I remember watching it and be like, I was in a Kevin Spacey mode back then where I'm like, oh, I like Kevin Spacey. I'm going to watch everything he's ever done. Kevin Spacey can be studied as far as how to handle things in the worst possible way imaginable. Yeah. He could not have done things like any worse because they were like... He wasn't quiet about it. He yeah, was open about like, what he did. And then he was like, it's all because I'm gay. It's like, no! No. That's not the you're reason. You're a fucking predator you're rapist a, exactly, fuck. You're a fucking asshole. Yeah. Has not Nothing to do with sexual orientation. And he's like, oh, I'm I'm this way. But no. No, you're a fucking piece of shit. Rotten hell, die. Yeah, so he basically, uh, I guess it wasn't hard for him to play John Doe in seven because it hit close to home. Hit close to home. He's a piece of shit. Just like Art Modell, we beat the Ravens. Rotten piss, you fucking asshole. Yeah. Here are your top six songs in America. Kevin, you will understand why I went with top six. Yeah. Because number six, according to Billboard, the Star Spangled Banner by Whitney Houston yeah. charted. 9-11. That's what I said. Different time. Uh -huh. Now. Number five, Jagged Edge with Nelly. Where's the party at? Great song. It's just all going to be Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> Jagged Edge featuring Nelly. Star, Star Spangled, Spangled Banner. Banner. Number four, Genuine with Differences, the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> Number three, A Family Affair with the Star Spangled Banner, Mary J. Blige. Number two, Alicia Keys with Falling. And number one in America, they were still going crazy for her. She could not be stopped. And when you put Ja Rule with her, you're going to go to the top. Ashani. No, Jennifer Lopez. Oh, I'm real. Okay. Style 
but this was the jaw rule of Shanti so, era. Thinking about this now, I guarantee somebody out there was like, you know, 9-11, maybe we shouldn't be playing a song on the radio called Fallen. Yeah. You know, or Free Fallen. She or- had to have thought that Alicia Keys amazing. Yeah. Like she's one of the best song, like songstresses. Is that the word I'm looking yeah. for? Songstress. Song creator, song singer, song, song sing- singer. Song <laughs> singer. The singer of songs. <laughs> the singer of songs of the generation. She had to have thought like, you know, okay, I got this song Fallen coming out. 9-11 happens. She's like, ah, fuck. Can I name this anything else right now? But people, you know, ended up clicking and go, hey, we get it. It's not about that. Because you have to remember, there were a lot of things at that time that had the World Trade Center in it. The Spider-Man had that, eliminated it. New York Ninja, one of my favorite movies, just ridiculous, bonkers thing. The opening shot of New York Ninja, Twin Towers. Yeah. It's just like a giant beauty shot of the Twin Towers. And then what's the uh, Michael Keaton movie, The Squeeze? Yeah. I just saw, uh, I I almost bought a copy. With Ray Don Chong. Yeah. I, was, I almost bought a copy a couple weeks ago. I was in this sh- shitty thrift store and I see the squeeze on VHS and I'm like, I kind of want to buy it just for the cover. I basically that day, I was just too lazy to check out. I was like, yeah. I'm not going to buy it. You know the feeling. Uh, yeah, like you're a thrift know. store, you have one thing in your hand and you're like, I'm not going to wait in line and check out for this one thing. And most of the time you don't want to justify the quarter for a long time. Well, that's line. what you're it like, is too. I don't have it. cash or no. like, I'm like, this is a quarter. Like it'll be here the next time I come. Yeah. And it probably was. And that cover is Michael Keaton in between both of the twin towers. Hours and he's like being squeezed by yeah. him, which is weird. It's such a, a weird concept for a cover anyway. That movie, I remember watching that as a kid, not understanding it. Of course, I was six. How the fuck am I going to understand a Michael Keaton movie with, you know, yeah. thought and all that stuff? With it? I just want to see shit blow up and kissing. <laughs> kissing. And Disney movies. <laughs> Preferably fight of the navigator. It's time to go back in time. 1988. That's all that was going on. Let it go. That was fun. At this movie's rap party, Jake Gyllenhaal and Seth Rogen both admitted that they had really <laughs> no idea what the movie was about. I can understand that. Okay. So we're going to do our best to tell you what was going on. Let's time travel into the plot. On October 2nd, 1988, our protagonist, Donnie Darko, sleepwalks outside his home being led by a voice. Here he meets a person in a rabbit costume named Frank who tells him the world will end in 28 days, 6 hours, 42 minutes, and 12 seconds. Donnie wakes up the next morning at a golf course. Son? Son? Donnie Darko? Donnie Darko? What the heck's going on here? Who is it, Don? It's Eddie Darko's kid. I'm sorry about this, Jimmy. He's just a neighborhood kid. He just... Guess he was sleep golfing? Watch out for that drool spot. (laughs) To find out that a jet engine has crashed into his bedroom, the Federal Aviation Administration does not know its origin. Spoiler, but that's an important clue in understanding the ending of this movie. So far, FAA officials have. If it fell from a plane, over the next week or so, Donnie has visions of Frank. So his parents, they, I don't think they're sending him to therapy because of Frank. This is a weird family dynamic. Yes, it, it very much very is. Very odd. But therapy is an ongoing thing where Donnie has been diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic. In one of the visions or hallucinations, you be the judge, Frank asks Donnie if he believes in time travel. Where did you come from? Do you believe in time travel? 
Donnie asks his teacher, Noah Wiley, Dr. Carter, at school about time travel and is given a book called The Philosophy of Time Travel, which is written by Roberta Sparrow, now an elderly senile local who kids call Grandma Death, but formerly a science teacher at the school. Donnie also begins seeing a girl who's new to the area named Gretchen. Donnie's mom goes to LA to chaperone his younger sister's dance competition. His dad's away on business, so Donnie and his older sister Elizabeth throw a Halloween party to celebrate Elizabeth's acceptance into Harvard. Gretchen, which let's get a logic issue that I didn't write out. That's not a real name. What? Because she's on witness protection, right? Isn't that a given name? Yes, but I'm talking about Elizabeth. So October is during the school year. Elizabeth gets into Harvard, but we never see Elizabeth going to school. Is she a senior in high school or is she in like a gap year? That's what I was saying, a gap year, because she graduated. She's taking six months off and then going to Harvard in the spring. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. That makes sense. Gretchen arrives at the party upset because her mom has gone missing because like Jim said Gretchen is in witness protection she had a evil stepdad she lives with her mom did she like stab him twice in the heart or yes, something like that mom yeah. stabbed stepdad Gretchen goes home mom's not there house has been ransacked looks probably like stepdad found mom her and Donnie have sex for the first time yeah I don't know she she didn't leave a note and house was all messed up but you're okay call the cops. Yeah, they said I should leave the house and that I should go to a safe place. I'm just so scared. I'd keep thinking something awful is happening and it's my fucking stepdad. I know it. Donnie realizes that Frank's ticking clock to the end of the world is only a few hours away. He takes Gretchen to see Roberta Sparrow, but ends up seeing some school bullies trying to burglarize her home. Basically, there's some theory that she's got gems in her house or something. Something like that. So these bullies are trying to steal shit from her house. Donnie starts to fight them when an oncoming car swerves, hits Gretchen, killing her. Dude, that took my fucking breath away during that because I did not expect that. You didn't see it coming. No. Yeah. The driver is Donnie's sister's boyfriend, Frank Anderson wearing the rabbit suit from Donnie's visions. Donnie shoots Frank in the face, killing him. He carries Gretchen's dead body home. As Donnie arrives home, a vortex in the sky forms like he sees it. He sees the plane and all that. Great shot, by the way. It is. He takes his parents' car. He puts Gretchen inside. The plane he sees in the sky, in the vortex, is the plane that his mom and sister Sister are on on returning from L.A. So the engine breaks off and sends it back in time. The previous 28 days unwind on screen. Donnie wakes up in his bedroom on October 2nd, where our movie started. Smiling. And laughs as the jet engine lands in his bedroom. So, Jim, what is your interpretation of the ending? Okay. So, as I was on the toilet after I watched it, because that's where I do my real man thinking, is on the commode. I thought that Donnie was caught in, and I take this from Star Trek, my one of my favorite episodes, Cause and Effect, that he is stuck in a temporal causality loop, which means, and this is where I'm going to get very, very scientific, which means he's going to be caught in that loop until he can find a way to break the loop, in which he finally did with guidance from friends 
Frank the Rabbit being sent back in through time to tell him you need you got this many days to correct the loop. Everything guided for him to correct said loop, the book, Roberta, his teacher, everything. And then when finally the loop was corrected, he came to peace and knows that, okay, I can die in peace. That's not really too bad at all. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. So the key to the explanation is Roberto Sparrow's the philosophy of time travel book, as Jim said. So it makes a lot more sense if you watch the director's cut. See, I did. I watched theatrical. Right. The director's cut shows like page excerpts about the primary universe and the tangent. That's what it's called. Tangent. So the primary universe is like where we live and exist. The tangent universe is an exact copy of our universe, which forms when there's a glitch in the fourth dimension, the matrix. So tangent universes are unstable and can only exist for a few weeks. So the jet engine is the medium for the tangent universe to be created. So there's actually three jet engines. One is still attached to the plane in the primary universe. So there's a universe where the plane just flew by and everything's normal. One is the created the tangent universe, an identical copy. So it's a, a mirror universe of ours. The third is an outlier, an anomaly. So it's the one that lands on Donnie's house the first time. So the interpretation is that Donnie makes this decision to stay in his bedroom and sacrifice himself with jet engine two. So the tangent universe engine will eventually break off. So Donnie chooses to stay in his universe and he saves the people he loves and prevents their downfall in the first universe. Yeah. Because if he stays in the universe where he throws the party, he will continue where Gretchen dies. He's a murderer. His mom and sister probably die. So it's a lot. It's like the very ending of the movie, for instance, it makes you wonder if the universe is somehow merged because Gretchen rolls up on her bike asking what happened. Yeah. Hey, what's going on? Horrible accident. My neighbor got killed. What happened? A smushed by jet engine. What was his name? Donnie. Donnie Darko. Hmm. Feel bad for his family. Yeah. Did you know him? No. Because she's never met Donnie. This, we're all the way back on October 2nd. Sees her mom yeah. leaned up against a tree smoking sad. She waves at her mom. Mom waves back as if they know each other. So it's almost like the tangent bled into normal universe. That's what I interpret yeah. it as. Yeah, it, it, it almost seemed like they know each other. It's like a deja vu, yes, but exactly. somehow they do know each other. When you said smoking sad, it made me, uh, is that like a new street term for weed? That's the smoking sad. We, no, that's my we, emo band. We smoking sad out here. Yay, dog. Smoking loud. All right, characters. Jake Gyllenhaal is Donnie Darko. Jim, you will love to know. Mark Wahlberg was interested in playing Donnie. Could you have imagined, like, but he would only hey, Donnie. Guess what? I'm playing Donnie. Well, he would only play the part if they'd allow him to have a lisp. That's why, true. Why the fuck would he want a lisp? <laughs> hey guys, how's it going? I don't know. Hey, I want to be Donnie Dark, okay? It specifically said that Donnie or that Mark Wahlberg would only play the role if he could have a lisp. So he was like into making Jesus big acting Christ. decisions back then. Hey, a therapy seats. I want to tell you about Mommy Fucking. Well, I'm kind of curious. Like Mike Tyson. curious to look back at his filmography. And I mean, see, did he want with a lisp? And see if he went with a lisp in something else at this time because maybe it was just something he was like really into. And another movie was like, uh, all right. Oh, one Wahlberg? I don't know. Okay. Can you, 
imagine fear with a lisp? Didn't have to be like this, Mr. Walker. Oh, no. The sound needs to take its quoth. Um, Jason, Give me the fuck out Slanthia. Jason Schwartzman was the leader for the role, but dropped out due to scheduling conflicts. Holmes Osborne is Eddie Darko. We can barely make it more than a few episodes without Tim Robbins being considered for a role. He, he was, was. He was considered for Donnie's dad. Oh, yeah. Maggie Gyllenhaal, Jake Gyllenhaal's real-life sister, as his sister in the movie, Elizabeth Darko. M. Jill's looking damn good in this movie, by the way. Um, we have a lot of people in this movie. So done! We have Patrick Swayze as Jim Cunningham. Hell yeah. The uh, creep, motivational, I don't know what do we want to call him. Full disclosure, bummed out that they made his character a oh, fucking kitty porn guy. He's a kitty porn guy, like, like right fuck. before his death. This is like one yeah. of his, you know, last sort of movies. Seth Rogen plays Ricky Danforth. Seems weird. And he, I don't even know that he has a speaking role. He's like, he says in the very little. Yeah. Uh, get out of here. Come on. We got to get out of here. <laughs> Jenna Malone is Gretchen Ross. Drew Barrymore as Karen Pomeroy. Noah Wiley as Kenneth Montanoff. Montanoff. I don't know his name. Weird is. name. But are, is he with Drew Barrymore? Yes. They're okay, together. They're like together. Patience Cleveland is Roberta Sparrow. Ashley Tisdale's in this one as Kim. Just kind of a background character. So Jim, which actor and actress gets past performance? Any non-lead character still scenes? Dude, there's a lot. Like, for instance, let me bring him up real quick. Not one of my favorite guys. Seth Rogen's buddy, who I thought was a vampire in this movie. <laughs> hey, you fuck. Did you tell him that I flooded the school? I didn't see shit. Yeah, well, that's not what I heard. They think I did it. Yeah, well, if you're innocent and you have nothing to worry about, right? Fuck you. Ah! You know what I think? <laughs> I think you did it. Because I had no context with this. I'm like, is this a fucking guy? He just looks like a vampire. Like, I was waiting for him to just start sucking people. Well, not sucking people <laughs> off. That's a different type of movie. No, I'm going with, I like the combination of Drew Barrymore and yeah. Noah Wiley. Drew Barrymore, I've said this on this podcast. I've had a crush on her since I was a little kid when she was in E.T. Like, we're almost the same age. I still got a crush on her now. But she came off as a teacher in this movie, like very Poison Ivy era Drew Barrymore. Like, when, when Gretchen comes in a room, be like, May we help you? Yeah, I just registered and they put me in the wrong English class. You look like you belong here. Um, where do I sit? Sit next to the boy you think is the cutest. <laughs> Quiet! Better choose. <laughs> Joni, get up. Yeah. It's almost like I was waiting for her character to start hitting on Donnie Darko. It's so weird. You know she'd be that teacher that would end up, a well, she gets fired anyways, but would get fired for sleeping with a student. I really love when she goes outside and screams fuck in front, love of, it. In front of Charita. I'm sorry, Karen, but we don't think the methods you've undertaken here are appropriate. With all due respect, sir, what exactly about my methods do you find inappropriate? I don't have time to get into a debate about this, Karen. I believe I've made myself clear. You call this clarity? I don't think that you have a clue what it's like to communicate with these kids. And we are losing them to apathy, to this prescribed nonsense. They are slipping away. I am sorry that you have failed. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have another appointment. You can finish out the week. Ah! 
She gets fired. Yeah. And then she just walks outside and goes, fuck. And, and then she goes back in. voice cracks and she goes back in. Cause they're like, we'll let you finish out the week. Yeah. And then um, she's great. No Wiley. I like you have the scene where he's talking to Donnie about the time travel and Donnie's getting like into it, anxious and pissed. Cause he's like, no, like this. And then finally, no Wiley's like, if you could see your path or channel, then you could see into the future, right? Like, uh, that's a form of time travel. Well, you're, you're contradicting yourself, Donnie. If we were able to see our destinies manifest themselves visually, then we would be given a choice to betray our chosen destinies. And the mere fact that this, this choice exists would make all preformed destiny uh, come to an end. Not if you travel within God's channel. Um, I'm not going to be able to continue this conversation. Why? I could lose my job. We got to stop having this conversation. Because like I'll lose done. my job. He's like, I'll lose my job. But so. why would he lose his job? I don't think you can talk to kids about time travel. I but don't know. They're one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. It's not like he's in front of a Yeah. Is Donnie going to go tell somebody? Are you being recorded? Do you go to school in 1984? Let me tell you about this game called Brain Scan. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a copy. You Check it out. fucker. All right. Best scenes. I'm right off top. I'm going, the head over heels needle drop is so great. So great. They get off the back of the bus. We get a tracking shot through the school, introducing some of our supporting and minor characters but you got no gnat sound it's just almost full length head over heels as you just get this tracking shot through the school it is awesome I'm hoping this movie opened up people's eyes to Tears for Fears not only just did Everybody Wants to Rule the World which yeah. is their song their catalog it's weird because like it's tremendous I, I didn't grow up the biggest Tears for Fears fan but like for me all these like awesome Tears for Fears needle drops in movies like the one in Real Genius yeah I uh, so so great and then head over heels in this is just like the fact that there's no gnat sound it just makes it haunting those first and then like it's just so good and weirdly it. enough we had the guy from tears for fears in studio roland you might know him as justin haynes from dead ink apparel <laughs> for the longest time he looked like roland was a ball or he really did it was incredible so right out the bat i think it was either before or after the needle drop when they're all sitting around a table and the scissors are like what's a fuck ass and they're just yeah. randomly just saying oh fuck. they're talking about dukak Dukakis, that's the only time yeah. 1988 seems like a thing. Donnie, you're such a dick. <laughs> Whoa, Elizabeth. A little hostile there. Maybe you should be the one in therapy, then mom and dad can pay someone $200 an hour to listen to all your thoughts, so we don't have to. Okay. Do you want to tell mom and dad why you stopped taking your medication? You're such a fuck-ass. <laughs> Please. Did you just call me a fuck-ass? Elizabeth, that's enough. You can go suck a fuck. Oh, please tell me, Elizabeth, how exactly does one suck a fuck? <laughs> you want me to tell you? Please tell we me. We will not have this <laughs> at the dinner table. Stop. But they're like, fuck this, fuck that, you fuck ass. Yeah. And the little sister goes, what's a fuck ass? It was cool. Yeah. I didn't expect it. It's something different. And then the movie just goes fucking oh, little off I. crazy. The first, like, I, I, I hate to use the word like unstable, but the first hour of this movie is like a little unstable because you kind of like are hanging on almost on the edge of your yeah. seat because it, it's slow moving. You don't really know where it's going. And then this. I sure as hell didn't. Yeah. You barely know where it went after you see it. Let's together uh, die alone. He asked me to forcefully insert the lifetime into my anus. I love the that. Lifeline card into my anus. He asked me to forcibly insert the lifeline exercise cart into my anus. 
And the dad uh, fucking almost laughs his yeah. ass off. So Kitty Farmer is one of those like do-goody Christian fundamentalist teachers. She's a firm believer in, in Swayze's weird program of everything is fear or love. Thank you, Jim Cunningham. Thank you, Jim Cunningham. So now let us begin lifeline exercise number one. Please press stop now. As you can see, the lifeline is divided into two polar extremes, fear and love. Fear is in the negative energy spectrum, and love is in the positive energy spectrum. Duh. Yeah. There's, like, nothing in between. Everything is fear or love. She's trying to, like, literally indoctrinate. Like, Drew Barrymore gets fired for, I don't even remember book. what. was a book. Was it? Yeah. A yeah. book, yeah. Over a book that she teaches in class and meanwhile you know you've got Pe kitty farmer who indoctrinates her students with it and donnie he tries to tell her like uh, ling ling finds a wallet on the ground filled with money she takes the wallet to the address on the driver's license but keeps the money inside the wallet <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm sorry miss farmer i don't get this just place an x on the lifeline in the appropriate place no i mean i, I know what to do i just i don't get this you can't just lump things into two categories things aren't that simple the lifeline is divided that way. Well, life isn't that simple. I mean, who cares if Ling Ling returns the wallet and keeps the money? It has nothing to do with either fear or love. Fear and love are the deepest of human emotions. Okay, but you're not listening to me. There are other things that need to be taken into account here, like the whole spectrum of human emotion. You can't just lump everything into these two categories and then just deny everything else. If you don't complete the assignment, you'll get a zero for the day. Life isn't that simple. Not everything is fear or He's love. Being smart. Like, there's complex emotions. And the extension of this is then when Donnie gets a chance to tell Cunningham. Do you see this? Right? This is an anger prisoner, a textbook example. Prisoner. <laughs> you see the fear, people? This boy is scared to death of the truth. Son, it breaks my heart to say this. But I believe you are a very troubled and confused young man. I believe you are searching for the answers in all the wrong places. You're right, actually. I am pretty, I'm, I'm pretty troubled and I'm, I'm pretty confused, but I, and I'm afraid, really, really afraid. Really afraid, but I, I, I think you're the fucking Antichrist. And he goes, that's one of my favorite scenes. I think you're the fucking Antichrist. I love that, because he's basically calling him out on his bullshit. Yeah, and it's funny, because Jim Cunningham, as these people would do, are like, see, he's afraid. Yeah. And he's like trying to like... He calls him out on his bullshit, be like, the only reason you're here is you're trying to sell us a bullshit book. Yeah. It's tremendous. But once again, it's Patrick Swayze being fucking awesome. And then he's a kitty porn guy. And you're like, fucking ruin Swayze I really for me. I wonder how they got Swayze to do this. It's so weird that they did get Swayze for this. I mean, it makes you really. This latter half Swayze. Wonder about the script to this movie because they're like Wahlberg wanted to be in it. With a list. You know, with, with a list. But Wahlberg wanted to be in it. You got Drew Barrymore. Got Noah Wiley, who at that time was still like. Yeah. I mean, you're on. ER. A bigger name. You have Swayze's in it. I mean, like you, Tim Robbins was going to be in it, you know, like this pretty crazy. Like you were drawing such power to it. So you wonder how did they convince Swayze to, to be a, a kitty porn guy? You know what they did convince us though? All about Smurf sex and oh, Smurfette. God. We got to find ourselves a Smurfette. Smurfette. Mm -hmm. Not some like tight ass middle sex chick, you know, like this cute little blonde that'll get down and dirty with the guys. Like Smurfette does. Smurfette doesn't fuck. That's bullshit. 
Smurfette fucks all the other Smurfs. Why do you think Papa Smurf made her? Because all the other Smurfs were getting too horny. No, 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 not Vanity. I heard he was a homosexual. Okay, well, you know what? Then she fucks them while Vanity watches, okay? Well, what about Papa Smurf? I mean, he must get into the action. Yeah, what he does, he films the gangbang. Later on, he beats off to the tape. First of all, Papa Smurf didn't create Smurfette. Gargamel did. She was sent in as Gargamel's evil spy with the intention of destroying the Smurf village, but the overwhelming goodness of the Smurf way of life transformed her. And as for the whole gangbang scenario, <laughs> I, it just couldn't happen. Smurfs are asexual. They, they don't even have reproductive organs under those little white pants. This was so illogical, you know, about being a Smurf. You know, what's the point of living if you don't have a dick? That whole interlude where they go on for five minutes about how Smurfette is just a sex object and all they- Donnie's all she, so serious about all it. All she is there to is to populate the Smurf. And then Donnie just flips the switch and goes, they don't have genitals. Yeah. So they're asexual. So why, she's not a slut. It's like they went on about the Smurfs for five minutes and sitting there watching it with my girlfriend who's a Smurfs fan was horribly offended. <laughs> Making Smurfette a slut. Well, yeah, the Donnie defended her. Defended yeah, God her. bless Donnie Dark. That whole hanging out spot that they have is kind of weird. It's just like one of those like those couches got to smell right. It's They're like out a, in the element. Yeah, it's like the whole you used to see this all the time when we were growing up and stuff. It's like a couch or like a automobile bench seat. Yeah, uh, just in a field. Everybody had a hangout. Even in Rad, they had that like shanty yeah. house in a wood yard. Yeah, this is just out in the middle of a field. I bet not far from there, somebody had porn in a log. Bush. We've got bush. They had to. There was a hollowed out tree with four. There's stash. not enough movies where we need a nostalgia movie where there's a porn stash in a wood somewhere. Let's do it. Let's uh, delete that whole section and, and don't give it to people. Do it. Halloween party, because I'm a mark for Halloween party scenes in movies. You get eggs, water balloons, and a dozen rolls of toilet paper. I stole four beers from my dad. Well, we got a keg. But then Donnie wants to leave and go to Roberta Sparrow's house where everything goes down. The way that Gyllenhaal delivers the line after he shoots Frank in the face is really, really great. Go home. Go home and tell your parents everything's going to be okay. The go home and tell your parents everything's going to be okay. It's like it's this so whole odd. weird delivery, which I think only could have been topped by Wahlberg. Wahlberg with the go home and tell your parents everything's going to be okay. That's pretty much how it went. Can you imagine the director going, hey, Mark, I... My only gripe about that scene is so dark. Oh. It's really hard to not see great. what's going on. Because, like, Jenna Malone, she's on the ground. and Just got run the fuck got over. Got run over. It's nuts. It's a crazy part of that movie. And then, finally, for me, I found it really weird that his therapy sessions or something. For the a bit of a time, I was like, is this therapist Meredith Baxter Bernie from Family Ties? I got an older, you know, MBB vibe. Completely wrong. Not her. But when she hypnotized him for the first time yeah. and he talks about fucking yeah and he starts unzipping his plans to playing with his dick in front of his therapist it. yeah how are things going at school i think about girls a lot i asked you about school donnie i think about fucking a lot during school what else do you think about during school married with children you think about your family i just turned down the volume and think about fucking christina applegate i asked you about your family donnie no. <laughs> I don't think about fucking my family. That's gross. I I'd like to hear about your friend, Frank. 
Yeah, I was like, that's not weird at all. What the fuck? She's like, yeah, clap, clap, two claps. Like, no, clap. stop it. Stop coming. <laughs> I'm just trying to come, okay? All right. Well, something that apparently didn't exist in 88 was uh, the amount of money for people to have a swimming pool. I mean, Donnie's got a pretty nice house, but I don't think they have a pool. No, I don't think they no do at all. in this one. They he does, should. He just flood Patrick Swayze's house. With gas. Oh, with gas. No, he, burns, he floods the school. He floods the school. He burns Patrick Swayze's house. So, yeah, if he floods it. He's a swimming pool of fire. Hey, guys, I'm Donnie Darko Day. Going to flood the school today. God, why did Patrick Swayze have to be a fucking kiddie porn guy? That's the proper terminology. Like when it's in the newspaper, it's going to say kitty porn guy, local motivational speaker, kitty porn guy, KPG. <laughs> He's a KPG. He's a KPG. Uh, all right. Donnie Darko was an interesting movie released in 2001. Something else interesting in 2001 was video games. Dude, it's nuts. Because this was right at the crossover between generations. You had a ton of systems, games still being released on N64, but also Nintendo GameCube. You would Dreamcast, original Xbox, PlayStation 1 and 2. We had Game Boy Color. You had Game Boy Advance. So we are working within a large palette as we select our favorite video games of 2001. First, the highest selling games based on units moved in the US. And there is a differentiation between number of units and gross sales. And I think it's Big because difference. you got to think PlayStation games, PlayStation 2 games were 50 bucks. Yep. Xbox games were 50 bucks and so on. And like a game we'll get to here real soon is Halo. Halo, 99% of the people who had Halo, it came with the Xbox. Had, yeah. It came with the bundle. Frame. With the frame. Oh, pretty girl. Friend of yours? No, it's game with the frame. Yeah, so I guess that's where the sales part of it gets differentiated. But the number of units, Pokemon Gold, Silver, and Crystal, categorized as one game, even though it's like three, because I think it was like the same game with maybe some different ads and exclusivities. Glad I never went down that Pokemon rabbit hole. We missed it. We were like, thank God, right on both sides of it. But that was for Game Boy Color, which how crazy is that the highest selling game of the year was for Game Boy Color? It had that much traction. And then highest grossing games of the year following Pokemon are Final Fantasy X for PS2, Gran Turismo 3, Metal Gear Solid 2 for PS2, and then rounded out by Madden 2002. I'm sorry, all of those were number of units. And then of note, highest grossing by money, Grand Theft Auto 3 followed the Pokemon games. Oh, yeah. So Grand Theft Auto 3 sold a ton of units, and it was 50 bucks a pop. That was a generational game. Yeah, it really was. So, Jim, we're going to do our top five. Go ahead and kick us off with your fifth favorite game of 2001. I'm going to get it out of the way. I'm just going to go GTA 3 here at number 5. Okay. I mean, when this game came out, there was GTA 1. Yes. There was GTA 2. On the PlayStation 1, other systems, nothing next gen. Top-down car game, that's it. This one, Rockstar came in and said, let's try something different. Yes. How can we push the brand new PlayStation 2? Remember, we are 8, 9 months into a console, and what they were able to output, GTA 3, I'm fucking having sex with prostitutes. I got music stations. It's so weird because like, nuts. if you liked Grand Theft Auto 1 and 2, you probably wouldn't like 3. three. If you're like, holy shit, this 3 is awesome. I'm going to go play it back and play 2 and 1. You could you no. can't. So 3, I mean, it just, it was like, all right, we're going to present you with this 3D open world game. Adult as hell. Great voice acting, fun missions. But then also like the first time that thrill of stealing a car and causing mayhem. And then like the success of GTA 3 is 
is like why we have four and five and soon to have six after yeah. 10 years. And it's, well, dude, it's funny. Grand Theft Auto five is still selling. It came out 10 years and two console generations ago. I love, uh, loved Grand five. Theft Auto five. I played so much of it. Now you can still play like there's yeah. still expansions and stuff. So there's already pushback on six because of the main character, at least the first main character revealed is a single mother. Well, they are also saying too that they want to put in tech in this game where your character will age for however long you play this game. So in real time, oh, no. your character will age. Sweet. Yeah, sweet. But like, but it's cool to have a female in this that you can play as you said, a pregnant or a single mom. Single mom. My number five, Halo Combat Evolved. Exactly. This is where it all started with Master Chief and Cortana. God, so good. This man. game alone, probably the reason Microsoft still makes Xbox systems. Land parties. The developer Bungie was barely hanging on financially, and then Xbox came along, Microsoft, and made Halo the tentpole release for the system. Halo was supposed to be a sequel to Bungie's, they were called, I don't even remember, they were called like Predator or something. They had said some shooter. Yeah. And it was supposed to be the like the second sequel, the third game in that series. But instead, they pivoted to a new game called Halo, and it just worked out well. And then Halo 2 is probably the most beloved game of all time. Like Beloved, probably one of the weakest stories, because yeah. it's, it's a shorter game than yeah. 1 and 3. But Halo 2 was... The online. Online. You just see people on college campuses carrying Xboxes God. because they're playing... Or doing a four-player split screen. Halo 2 online, oh. yep. And then Halo 3, I liked. Yeah. And then Bungie leaves. Yeah. And then they're just like, all right, yeah. diminishing returns. So my number four is another one of those games. We're going to Rockstar where got some inspiration from the Matrix. It's Max Payne, the bullet yeah. time mechanic. That game is so incredible. Go back and play it now. It's probably a little difficult. But in 2001, this game was gritty. There's swearing, there's violence, there's bullet time and spun off a movie that starred Mark Wahlberg as Max Payne. Come on, baby. There you go. My number four, Twisted Metal Black. Oh, yeah. So this was actually a Twisted Metal reboot and the first made by Incognito. It sold almost a million copies alone in the United States. It was best utilized to me as an online deathmatch game because if you remember the PS2, the original fat PS2, you had to buy... Oh, that's right. The what's that? The, the, and, the network adapter. The network adapter and, and take off the back of the system and plug in the network adapter. A pain in the ass. It was a pain in the ass. And then the Slim came along with and it. had a ne yeah had yeah. the network adapter, but it had like new and returning characters. It basically was the same plot as the games before it, but just. Twisted Metal is so fun to just play deathmatch and drive around and shoot at each other. And try like, playing those original, try playing one and two on PS1 with tank controls. Yeah. Yike. I mean, there is a uh, a common thread, I think, between a lot of my picks. So, so far, I mean, Halo, Twisted Metal, both online. And then, you know, GTA 3, I don't remember being online. I don't but, think it was. But GTA 3 spawned GTA 4 and 5, which then oh, became a juggernaut. A GTA juggernaut online. online. Oh my God, it's its own thing. Man. 
has made millions and millions and millions and one game that didn't make millions. And it came from a company who within the past two years, all these companies are just laying off, folding up. It's fucked up. Volition made this one. It's Red Faction. Okay, I think yeah. is one of the most underrated games of a generation. Geomod I, technology. I might have picked that up. I didn't even see it on the list. I used to love that game because if you were stuck, pull out your rocket launcher and just start geomorphing <laughs> the fucking map and you could just, oh, I need to get below. I don't need to go all the way around. Was, I can just blow a hole right here. And there was a sequel to Red Scare. There was Red Faction, not yeah, Red Scare. Our, Red, there was a sequel to the Red Scare. That's when Joe McCarthy, I think it happened in the late 60s, not 1954, in the House Un-American Activities Committee. This happened on Mars, but there was a sequel and it was more, it kind of set up Red Faction almost like a Soviet Martian model almost, but there was a second one. I don't think there was a third one. I don't really remember much of the second. That first one though, mwah, yeah. just kiss. My number three was GTA 3, so go ahead and give us your two. So my number two, ironically enough, Metal Gear Solid 2 oh, yeah. Sons of Liberty. Yeah. I loved the original Metal Gear Solid on PS1. Amazing game. This is where the graphics are better, but man, this is where Kojima started getting even more and more bonkers. If you guys ever want to go down a rabbit hole about Metal Gear Solid lore, oh my god. Yeah. It's fucking bad shit. Why does a Mark Wahlberg want to do a Metal Gear Solid movie? Yeah. Have him does. be Solid you know, Snake. That's one of the, the interesting things about this generation of gaming too is because Metal Gear started on NES. It did. And then it evolved. Different game. Yeah. It just evolves. These systems that were just being introduced probably wanted to have flagship names and they're probably like Konami. Metal Gear. That's a big franchise. Let's. And then they made these Metal Gear Solid 3. Uh, Oh, Snake Eater. Yeah, Snake oh, Eater. Probably my favorite. They had, it was awesome. Four and five. Yeah. My number two, Ico. Oh, very developed, underrated. Developed by Japan Studio and Team Ico. So it's a spiritual prequel to Japan Studio's next game, which was called Shadow of the Colossus. Whole reason I picked Ico is because Shadow of the Colossus is so cool. It's a game where you basically just wander the, the wasteland and try and find these giant colossus to fight, and they all have a weakness. Ico is still pretty great. It's about a boy with horns. His village thinks the horns are a bad omen. It's so, a totally different type of game. Yeah, it's a gets, nice puzzle. He gets game. Lo yeah, locked away in a castle. So you're basically exploring a castle, solving puzzles. You meet a princess and bring her along, and it's it's super fun. So finally, my number one, and I would have kicked myself in the tuchus if I didn't select this one. It is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater yep. Numero Trace. Yep, dude. I mean, come on. Soundtrack, manuals. What else do you need to say about this game? It still holds up. It's still fun to play. Yeah, generational game. My number one, Conker's Bad Fur Day. Naughty Naughty. Made by Rare, who I went into length talking about Donkey Kong Country a while back on the pod. Very vulgar adult game about like an alcoholic squirrel who needs to get home to his girlfriend. This game had a very underrated multiplayer, but you have to consider that Rare also made GoldenEye and probably just ported yeah. the GoldenEye, you know, multiplayer split screen as Conquer. I remember the scene where you try and make the flower show her tits. Oh, I remember that. She's like, uh, she's got her pedals in front of her and you have to like convince her to like open her pedals Let's see those babies it's such a weird game but it's super fun very rare pardon the pun released approximately a year before n64 shut it down jim any guesses on the last n64 game released a hint august 2002 was the last uh oh, n64 game the final game in 02 shit 
I'm stumped. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3. Really? Yeah, because it was a year later. That's right. On N64. That was the last game released. In Can't August be great to play on N64. Uh, Luigi's Mansion on GameCube. That's a great Super one. Super Smash Bros. Melee, which it's, people still play and have tournaments at bars and stuff. I've never. Like have you ever played Smash? Yeah, I'm uh, not. Not a fan. I mean, it's a, a fighting game, and then it's kind of its own sort of fighting game. So, no, not into Smash, really. But uh, Animal Crossing debuted. Yeah. Super Monkey Ball. You, Super Monkey Ball. You had a lot of like weird game boy advance actually has a lot of games that people were like really into still some obscure ps1 releases obviously ps2 had like more games released i think than any system ever ps2 had like 16 million games released when you think of a system like n64 which had like 388 yeah you know or something n64 didn't really have that many and then ps2 had like 26,000 games (laughs) there was a game for everything the one thing i'll always be bummed about n64 is we never got the disc drive here in the u.s they had it in japan i think it would have been one of the coolest things if we would have had the dd for some reason i think they just wanted to start pushing with the gamecube development and gamecube again that's Nintendo's almost start of the gimmicks. Yeah, the because Cube, the, small discs. The GameCube, small discs. And then, you know, the Wii. GameCube, looking back, there was a while where you could just find GameCubes for 15 or 20 bucks. For and the now... System. And, yeah, now that's gone. Now the GameCube is probably the number one retro collecting game console right now. Yeah. All right, let's uh, get back in... Let's time travel back to somewhere that has a pool. Let's get back in to the swimming pool. Watch out for vortexes. <laughs> Touch your monotone. Donnie. Um, I know this is going to sound kind of weird, but uh, do you, do you know anything about uh, time travel? Ah, a wormhole with an Einstein Rosen bridge, which is theoretically a wormhole in space controlled by man. So, according to Hawking, a wormhole may be able to provide a shortcut for jumping between two distant regions of space-time. So in order to travel back in time, you have to have a big spaceship or something that can travel faster than the speed of light. Theoretically. And be able to find one of these wormholes. The basic principles of time travel are there. You've got your vessel and your portal, and your vessel could be just about anything, most likely a spacecraft. Like a DeLorean. An aircraft of any kind. You know, I love that movie, the way they shot it. So, um, like futuristic. Critical question. I stole this from something I heard recently, but if you could time travel one time, knowing it's a one-way trip, where would you go? Would you go future or past? Where and when? Okay, right now, I'd like to go into the past and find out where did you get a Dunkin' Donuts large size condom for a plastic (laughs) cup? I have never seen that for a Dunkin' Donuts condom. It's called a Java sock. Oh my God. They don't sponsor us, but uh, it is, it's a koozie and it works. It works actually really well. Really? Yeah, it works. It'll keep your your shit cold all day. I thought it was for a grip type thing. No, I don't need, I need a grip to keep (laughs) it from falling out of my hands. (laughs) It's a little chilly, my arthritis. Nah, it's, it's a koozie, basically. For uh, you can buy it in any size. Okay, wow, I never even knew that Java sock. Yeah. Check Co- we, coffee condom. We need to get them to sponsor us because I would like to have a Java sock for coffee, not using it with, for other uh, things. With David McCall's face on it. Fill that thing up with coleslaw. So the next <laughs> actuality, what I want to go to the past and the future. So I'm being scientific. Can't go into the future because the future hasn't been written yet. So I learned that from BTTF vote now. I'm going to go into the past. There are so many things you could get real serious 
experience with this. You'd be like, man, I'd like to go into the past and see a loved one for the last time. And then, oh, you're, yeah. and then you're thinking, but you're stuck there, but Oh, you can't come back. No, it's a one way trip. Your vehicle, it burns up on, on entry. So you, wherever you go, you're now there and you're living the rest of your life from that point on in that timeline. Okay. So hear me out. Let's go. 1955, 20 bucks in my pocket from now. 20, that's it. Yeah. Because I'm going to invest in some stocks, buddy. Yeah. Why don't take more money and invest more money? Cause that's a lot to take with you. How much can I take? Can I take a suitcase? Take hundred dollars. Take $500. Okay. Yeah. I mean, take a suitcase. Just imagine going back in time with knowledge of what you got now. Yeah. And is well, it going to be one of those principles where time's going to find a way to catch up and stop you? I don't know. So, I mean, I, I, wherever I took this from, I, I think their you know, idea is that every single point in the past is like worse than now because we've never had it better than, I mean, uh, politics and, yeah, and shit, aside. like the earth dying aside, the amount of technology, scientific advancements, food, like we've never had more abundance of everything. It's true. But also because like imagine having to go back to the 50s like what are you eating every day? You know, Food that's not processed. I know but like the modern luxuries that you love like a McDonald's. <laughs> it's know, in its infancy. You don't have a you're never going to have a cell phone unless you invent it and you don't know how to do that. Here's the thing. Do I think time travel is possible? Yes. Do I think it has happened? Absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind that You it don't exists. think there's any doubt that somebody's time traveling? I think it's happened. Probably governments have this technology and we'll never see it. I I do think, though, in the back of my mind, say you went back in time, oh, I'll kill Hitler when he was a baby. Yeah. Is time going to figure out a way to make somebody oh, yeah. another Hitler? Watch, and it's, watch all the Terminator movies, like, the late stage Terminator. Is that Occam's Razor? Yeah. It's, Occam's Razor is the easiest explanation. That's right. Yeah. The easiest explanation. So, so I think that's what it would be. It would just, um, yeah. I just think if I went too far back in the past, I'd be fucking bored. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have, I, I hate it. I hate the internet. But like, and I wish it wasn't exi- there. I'm going to go back and stop, <laughs> stop, you know, uh, the internet from being invented. But like, I just, I can't imagine going back and just living my days just like. But we are the last generation that did that. Yeah, we are. But it, it just, it's such a weird concept to me to think back. Like life was easier. Yes. But knowing what we have now, how boring. Because if, if I wasn't used to it, I wouldn't mind it. But True. I'm like, man, I'm going to go back and pass. And I'm never going to eat a Taco Bell or it's going to take me. I'm going to have to wait 20 years to eat it. Like if I went back to wherever. Can you imagine though, we go back in time. There's really no TV. Yeah. There's really just radio. Yeah. So you'd have to huddle around the radio for news. There'd be so much less shit to do. And I'd be like, I guess I'm going to work out or something or get in shape because there's really nothing else to do. Yeah. You'd get in shape. You'd have a ton of money because you'd use your future advantages. Yeah. You'd probably just get into drugs and, and hookers. I, I wouldn't get into drugs or hookers. I'd probably go down like the drive-ins, like where you get food and stuff like that and hang out with those guys and maybe <laughs> maybe be a greaser or something and get like a 57 Chevy. Okay, because you're going back a little further. Yeah, I'm, I'm, going, I'm I mean, going 50s. I just, I don't, I guess it would be super cool to like maybe own a cinema in the heyday of... Matinee. Of, yeah, in well, I think more of the heyday of like slashers, like the okay. horror movies throughout the 80s owning like an 80s cinema with like a cool arcade in the lobby. But yeah, I'm just like, I, I think I'd be bored and I, I would just want to be like really rich and I'd spend my, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I At least the value of a dollar back then would go a hell of a lot farther than it does now. I, I think I'd start a uh, thermal curtain failure and... Psh- 
I'd be bored. I would make sure Bush is always popular. Not the president. Not the president. Yeah. Real I want, Bush. I want George H.W. Bush to be popular forever. I want him to be the lifetime president of the world America. <laughs> All right. So, well, he was almost in this movie. George Bush. Yeah, George Bush was almost in Donnie Read Darko. my... Oh, wait. He was in news footage because he was going against Dukakis in 88. Oh, there you go. But what was that? that oi! <laughs> you did an oi! <laughs> Oi! Oi! George H.W. Bush, not well, he kind of is, but almost not in this movie. Mr. David McCall was almost in this movie. Hey, I have an idea, guys. Um, I'll be Donnie Darko, okay? My brother's called Donnie, as you know, he's in New Kids on the Block, okay? But I want to do a lisp. And here, hear me out. Listen to this. This is cool. This is Mark Wahlberg auditioning for Donnie Darko with lisp. Hey, can you please tell me about time travel? I want to know about time travel, okay? With Grandma Death. Mark, you can't do it. Hey, listen, I know what I'm Mark Wahlberg, okay? I'm going to do it with a lisp. Hey, I love you, Gretchen. Come here. Let me write Gretchen forever, okay? Hey, if you don't tell me about time travel, guess what? I'm going to fucking kill you. It all could have been different. Mr. Walker, you should have allowed nature to take its course. All right, two things. One, Mark Wahlberg claims he could have stopped 9-11 yeah. right around this time, so that ties in. First, he almost looked, like how he looked as David McCall. Yeah. He kind of looked like Donnie Darko. He did. He said kind of the same hair. I'm thinking it's time travel, and he was in 01, came back to 95, and like, I'm preparing for this role, okay? It's coming in six years. I'm going to do it at a lisp, okay? I just don't know where the lisp came from. Why the fuck? Was Why he was trying he... to get like a Gilbert Grape, like Oscar nomination? For Donnie Darko? Yeah, I guess so. They, like, that's what I mean, like, right there that's a logic issue like they somehow got all these big names to sign on to this movie this movie kind of made Jake Gyllenhaal's career and for what it's worth even Maggie Gyllenhaal's career and it's career. only a four and a half million dollar budget yeah it's just this little weird time travel indie movie and then what's uh, the name of the, the director Gene Kelly Richard Kelly Richard Kelly uh, son of Gene Kelly did he just have like these guys had to be his friends because I, don't think, I think he they got paid happen- bupkis I think this happens in Hollywood like a script comes along and everybody starts talking about it and it just grows the popularity and everybody decides that they want to this will be the one this will be the one and then everybody's lucky to be in it and it's so funny though because like I said people are talking about Richard Kelly as though he's going to be the next Scorsese or Tarantino and then his next movie (laughs) Southland Southland Tales which has the rock bartering with this woman who desperately wants to suck his little rock and and probably not little so speaking of the rock did you hear this stuff about pride what he went on a podcast and he said oh when i had seven bucks in my pocket he goes you know pride was just getting started i was gonna go fight in pride he's doing the hulk hogan thing because like, he's just making shit up now yes because pride was like not even off the ground nobody in pride was making anything he was claiming he was like they're gonna pay him one hundred fifty thousand dollars to come fight in pride what year was this 97 i think and yeah so pride would have been in its infancy then and like so the rock was gonna fight mirko krokop apparently go and find audience go and find it if you're a fan of pride the rock versus wrestling. kevin randleman because the rock's like spitting the whole tale because the rock was also wwe world champion within two years this of is also pudgy rocky Maivia. yeah and he's saying he was gonna go fight in pride for one hundred fifty thousand dollars. no way like no no he's, he's turned into hulk hogan and he was calm gonna, down terry because somebody said they were like you know hulk hogan's story about playing bass for metallica they were like at least hogan could play bass yeah the rock kind of being in pride what <laughs> No MMA experience. No. Most people didn't know what the fuck MMA was. He played football. That's a whole logic thing on itself. So uh, let's get back on Donnie Darko. Donnie knows what Frank looks like without the mask because when he's in the theater, theater. with him, he sees him, he talks to him. I'm so sorry. 
why I call you Frank. It is the name of my father. It is father before me. Does he not know his sister is dating someone named Frank? I don't think he knows at all. If he's having all these issues and they're thinking he's paranoid schizophrenic, maybe he's aloof. You see how he is around the dinner table with his family? Maybe he just is oblivious to that. It's weird. Or did she move away and has come home to hang out with maybe. their family before she goes to Harvard? Maybe. That's it, the only explanation. It's weird. It's just weird that it, it turns out being the same guy. Donnie's therapist completely violates doctor-patient confidentiality oh, yeah. with his own fucking parents. Yep. What do they... I'm sorry. No. Yeah. His parents show up and go, let us know about Don. She's like, I can't. Sorry. That's between me and him. I, I mean, I think there is a point at which they can say something. Are they pulling the minor card? If no, I think you, well, maybe it's because you're a minor, but I think if they feel as though you're going to shoot a school or kill yourself or kill somebody or cause harm or violence, I think they can. Would that hold up in court? That I don't know. That'd be interesting. Another thing that wouldn't, uh, how would it hold up in court? You mentioned it earlier. When the teacher makes Joni move for Gretchen to sit, she's like, Joni, move. And she allows Gretchen to sit next to Donnie. That whole situation, imagine Joni going home and being like, my teacher made me move seats so that a new girl could sit next to a boy she thought was cute. Like, but did Drew Barrymore would not have known that she found Donnie cute initially. It comes across like the teacher is telling her that Donnie's the cutest in the room sit there. Yeah. It's, and he's not. There's an empty seat. She could have just been like, all right, Gretchen, sit over there. No, you sit next to Donnie. Weird. And she's going to cuck and literally just watch sex. Him, her and Noah Wiley. It's weird. Here's more of a, a time travel possible vortex portal thing. So he goes torches Jim's house, mm -hmm. comes back to the movie theater. She's still mm -hmm. sleeping. Would he not smell like gas yes. after he torched a house? Or did he take a portal back to the theater and went back into time I and then woke her no, up? I think it's lazy that he just, she managed to somehow sleep for at least an hour. Cause how long does it take him to leave the theater, go to, to the house, kitty porn guy. And then she's like, how long was I asleep? He's like the entire movie. So I was like, because Frank, his image of Frank showed him the vortex, yeah. the tunnel. So that's what I was like. I don't think he's learned he tunnel how, back. I don't think he's learned how to utilize the tunnels. Because like when he's at the Halloween party and he's just seeing them everywhere. Yeah. And then uh, when he's talking to Noah Wiley and he's like, he comes out of your chest. And Noah Wiley's like, what the fuck are you talking about? It was interesting. I was proud of myself that I'm like, okay, these portals that they're seeing, they're already dictating people's futures, but not like his own. Yeah. He was able to somewhat control his destiny maybe because he was part of that tangent, tangent universe. universe so maybe it was tangent Pri i don't know pr primary universe and tangent, tangent universe so yeah that's i mean that's interesting if you start looking at that because you think about it she should have went yeah what's that that's smell amazing. what's that smell dookie uh it makes no sense that donnie's going to start jacking it in front of his therapist even while under hypnosis yeah why is his uh, like his go-to just immediately like start baiting gotta gotta start baiting yeah full bait gotta get full bait girl he's just talking about girls he wants a fuck uh something else you mentioned earlier so seth rogan is the sidekick the vampire to, guy i to someone i think who looks like jay baruchel which is ironic or just kind of funny because like jay 
Jay Baruchel is Seth Rogen's real life sidekick. Yeah. So like this movie somehow predicted like Seth Rogen and Jay Baruchel well, by having is, a guy who kind of looks like Jay. This Baruchel. is Freaks and Geeks Seth yeah, Rogen era yes. too. Right, right off of Freaks and Geeks, right around yeah. there. How and why does Donnie know so much about the Smurfs, and why is he so serious about it? Big fan. He's a big fan of the. He Smurfs. watched those Saturday morning cartoon Smurf episodes mm. after the Dukakis debate. Nothing else to watch. What is Halloween Carnival? When Donnie's sister gets into Harvard, he says we should throw a party. It's Halloween Carnival. The fuck is Halloween, Halloween Carnival? Carnival? Sounds like something I would make up. It's like a Mark Wahlberg. Hey, if you want to go to Halloween Carnival. Hey, I find this real weird and we need to talk about this. The relationship he has with his mom. Yeah. I don't get it. Because initially. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Get, 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 get back. They come across at first like he fucking cannot stand his mom. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you go later on in the film and he says. How's it feel to have a wacko for a son? It feels wonderful. I don't understand how we weave the web of their relationship from super hate annoyance to I love you, mom. Yeah, I mean, in a period of a month. Yeah, it's that whole opening scene is funny because when his dad almost runs over grandma death and Donnie just like snitches about his dad, he's like, dad almost ran her over. Dad almost killed her. I love how that went full circle where he ended up giving her a letter to put in a mailbox. Yeah. Yes. To break her cycle. Because she just checked. When she whispered to him, she knows that he's like a time traveler. She knows. Basically. She, she, she wrote the book. She she wrote the book. She does. She knows that something's off. Cause I don't even remember what, at this point what she says to him. Them, but uh yeah the last thing i have keg beer is for pussies is that or was that ever a thing first off i'm 42 years old i still don't know how to pour a proper keg and it sucks i waste so much beer yeah people really botch kegs because they pump them too much and it's all foam yeah do like the 45 degree tilt i don't know why drinking a, out of a keg of glory is considered a pussification i've never heard that that's I've this never is the heard only it. example ever where it's like keg because to me thoughts on a keg beer are i'd like a keg of beer from Teen Wolf. Yeah. Where the dude's willing to turn into a wolf. All those movies in the 80s set in 88. There are parties and it involves teenagers somehow going to confiscate a keg of beer. You're going to tell Scott Howard as a wolf that he's a pussy? Yeah, you fucking tell he him. He wants a keg of beer. Yeah, tell Teen Wolf. Tell his he's friend. Tell his friend surfing on top of a van. Look at that dick nose. I can't wait for Donnie Darko versus Teen Wolf. Oh my sequel. god, I love Same that universe where they're fighting over a keg of beer. What's legacy of this movie? It is a cult classic. It's nuts. It's nuts. It spawned, you know, squeak sequel. Almost said a squeakquel. I love a squeakquel. Which is uh, what the fuck's that called? Chipmunks. Yeah, Roger it's, Rabbit is Donnie the Darko rabbit. Darko meets the chipmunks meets Teen Wolf. He eats the chipmunks. Scott Howard not not Donnie. <laughs> Okay, we made another movie. <laughs> Voodoo Robocop. Voodoo <laughs> Robocop. Um, I will admit, because I know everybody said, oh, there's the rabbit in this movie. Am I stupid to think that I was literally going to see a guy in like an Easter Bunny outfit, like you in all white? Get like a uh, Alice in Wonderland. That's what I like thought. Chasing the white rabbit sort of thing. That's what I thought. Yeah, no, it's, it's not a hot topic a, rabbit. A weird skull rabbit. Yeah, very costume, gothy. Very gothy. Yeah. There was a sequel called S. Darko, Samantha Darko, about his sister. I think it's Samantha. How'd that do? Absolutely horrible. Never heard of it. Richard Telly, after the fact, was like, I had absolutely nothing to do with this. I didn't approve it. Like, it just, they made it. it Wilford Brimley directed it. Wilford Brimley was in it. He played Donnie Darko in the future. <laughs> he's the new, he's Grandpa Death. Yes. He's Jim Cunningham's I mean, dad. I feel like this is the first movie in a while where they did not spawn a Broadway musical. 
I'm shocked. It wasn't a Donnie Darko Broadway musical. Or um, somebody would get hand job during it. I, I actually, I'm sure I could probably find it if I went and looked, but I'd actually be curious to know what Hall's thoughts are on it now. This is CNN Breaking News. I found Donnie Darko and the character of Donnie Darko very comforting at a time in my life where I was really lost and trying to figure out a lot of things for myself, about myself, my place in the world, which is what he was going through. My dad says this thing where he's like, the job of art is to disturb the comfortable and to comfort the disturbed. And like, I think that that's very true in a lot of ways. And at the time, I think I was like, the world was just crazy. You know, you get thrust out into it and you're like, whoa, it's trippy, you know? And to know that there was a character that was like feeling those same feelings gave me a real outlet and made me not go mad myself. This is CNN Breaking News. Jake Gyllenhaal has never aged, so... He really hasn't. He's a young dude. He what's just looks the, young. What's the best Gyllenhaal off the top of your head that you can think of? Brokeback Mountain? Oh, yeah. He's really good. In Probably. That. He's kind of been all over the board. And then the weirdest, like, out of left field. So speaking of Swayze, is this like Gyllenhaal making the Roadhouse remake? Because he's playing Dalton in the new Roadhouse. They don't know. It's still so weird. No, um, no, no. <laughs> Fuck off. But he's a former MMA fighter, so he could have went to Pride in 97. It's true. And he uh, was, and a weird thing too about Gyllenhaal, he was in Spider-Man. Yeah. He was Mysterion or Mysterio or the fuck he was. He was horrible. Yeah, he was Ray Mysterio Jr. I he, wish. I've had surgery on my left knee 207 times. Ray Mysterio Jr. the third. And he actually did just get knee surgery again. Ironically. This week, but it was on his right knee. Oh. Not his left knee. Me. Again. Do not, no. Do not try this at home. And stick around for some plugs. Michael Dukakis has opposed virtually every defense system we developed. He opposed new aircraft carriers. He opposed anti-satellite weapons. He opposed four missile systems, including the Pershing II missile deployment. Dukakis opposed the stealth bomber and the ground emergency warning system against nuclear attack. He even criticized our rescue mission to Grenada and our strike on Libya. And now he wants to be our commander-in-chief. America can't afford that risk. Pool Sceners, once again, thank you for listening to this episode of the show and all of the other ones in our back catalog. And you can find those on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, Podbay, and wherever you get your podcast from, because we are there. And never forget to like, comment, subscribe, rate, and follow on Facebook. Join the Pool Sceners group for exclusive content. You will get it there first. Instagram, Twitch, threads tiktok and youtube at pool scene podcast we are all over the place so you will never get one opportunity to miss us anytime anywhere and as always back to kevin final app guy which universe are you in yeah the final lap Coyote vs. Acme. What the fuck is happening at Warner Bros? A completely finished movie with a $70 million budget starring John Cena. <laughs> exactly. And they just wiped it from existence. They're not releasing it in theaters, not to physical media, not to streaming. It's just gone. It's Batgirl all over again. I feel bad for the people who worked on it and 
devoted their time and effort, blood, sweat, and tears into this movie for Warner Brothers to use it as a tax write-off. Apparently, Warner Brothers is going to get back $30 million in tax breaks for this. They really need to write something in the laws where you can't do this shit. So this is now Warner Brothers doing this for the third time after Batgirl, which we discussed before. Jim just mentioned it. Scoob Holiday Haunt. So Scoob, an animated movie from a handful of years ago. They made it, it did well. They made a sequel. Is Scooby-Doo? It's Scooby-Doo, but it's like a- Adult. No, they like uh, Scooby with the dick. It's it's Scooby Doo, and he's got a big donger, <laughs> and he rips bongers, which you know they do. Shaggy and Scooby smoke weed. Not a secret. Sort of like explains the, I don't know, origin, whatever. But yeah, so they canceled that one. So why is this happening? Can a pool scener listening please tell me how recouping zero dollars is better than some dollars? Can they not get a tax write-off if they release the films? Because if you can't make more than $30 million, the movie was positively critically reviewed. It stars John Cena and the Looney Tunes, and you can't make more than $30? You have a marketing problem. I I agree. So I wrote those notes on November 9th or 10th, but now there are a couple positives that have come out of this. So first, several filmmakers have instructed their reps to cancel all meetings with Warner Brothers. Do not do any business Good. with Warner Brothers. Cancel all meetings. Hammer down. And then now it's being reported that Warner Brothers is allowing Coyote vs. Acme to be shopped to other studios, which is weird because it's got the fucking Looney Tunes in it. Yeah, and it's a Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers movie. So it's going to be like Sony Pictures presents the Looney Tunes. Tunes. Weird. Yabba dabba dabba. I mean, John Cena, Looney Tunes. Parents will take kids to any animated movie. They'll love it. That's why I always said you need, if you make an animated movie, you get two for one on the tickets. You have to. Because kids mostly can't go by themselves. So parents have to buy a ticket. Kids don't steal cars anymore. Yeah, exactly. They don't play enough GTA 3. They don't. So they got to stop it. So I'm hoping this is the end of it. I hope the backlash from uh, filmmakers. I hope the, I just, it makes no sense. Why? I, I want to see Batgirl. I don't care how bad it is. I don't either. People will pay money, watch it, see it. I'll pay to see Batgirl. Now I could see, I don't know. I mean, not Scoob, but I would see that one. I mean, my kids watched the first Scoob and they liked it and enjoyed it. And when we go to the uh, Halloween boo at the zoo every year, they play a 4D movie. It's a condensed version of Scoob and 4D. But anyway, I just don't understand the idea of making nothing. And it makes me think that there's some devious plan that they're, that they've got where yeah. they, they're just allowing people to make these movies and knowing they're getting a kickback somehow. But if you make a $70 million budget, you throw the movie in the garbage, you get $30 million back in tax write off. You're still out for, you're still out $40 million. Why? why? Fucking stupidity. Makes no sense. It's and the CEOs that get rich and everybody else eats I think shit. that's what it is. That's all I it think is. They just get bonus. It's just, I don't know. So hopefully Coyote vs. Acme sees the light of day, ends up somewhere else. Touchstone Pictures, 20th Century Fox, wherever. Disney, that'd be interesting. Disney and the Looney Vestron Tunes. Video. Vestron Video is going to release it. Vinegar yeah. Syndrome, oh, along with on. the retro remastered porn and New Shot York Factory. Ninja, they're going to do uh, Coyote vs. Acme. I fucking, I'll, I'll watch it on principle. Just say fuck you yeah, eat my ass eat my ass give me coyote versus ugly <laughs> 
the Can't sequel. fight the moonlight on that one. Come on, baby. It's about werewolves. Uh, next week, another film that Jim has not seen. This is turned in. Season 14 is like, God damn it, Jim, season. Blind spot season. So we've got Grease. Yep. Donnie Darko. And next week, probably the best movie we've ever covered on this uh, on this podcast. Starring on one of our favorites. The Departed. Starring. Hey, guys. Yeah. Starring Mark Wahlberg, Matt Damon, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jack Nicholson. Anthony Anderson. I can't think of who else. There's a whole bunch of people. Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards. Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Arrival Rumble Johnson. Anthony Anthony LaPaglia. Yes, Anthony LaPaglia. Keep pulling him out. Never mind. We're canceling Departed. Anthony Coca. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so next week we're getting real Boston-y with The Departed. Going to hear a lot of Dropkick Murphys and Flogging Molly. We're going to go to Wall Buggers at the park. Exactly right. Uh, until next week. Silencia.